We're for Sydney and New South Wales. These are today's headlines from the Daily Telegraph. New South Wales has hit the accelerator on its emissions reduction target, vowing to halve the state's carbon footprint in less than a decade and trigger a $37 billion investment windfall. The ambitious commitment to slash carbon emissions by 47 to 52% on 2005 levels by 2030 also assumes the continued expansion of coal mining in New South Wales and guarantees lower power prices and increased energy reliability. New projections will show New South Wales would have hit its original 2030 target of a 35% reduction almost automatically due to faster than expected uptake of renewable energy and demand for low carbon technology. In response, the New South Wales government will on Wednesday step up its interim target, paving the way for the state to reach net zero emissions by 2050. New South Wales Environment Minister Matt Keane told the Daily Telegraph the projection showed the state could do its bit to reduce emissions without damaging our traditional manufacturing and mining sector. Our emissions reduction target assumes continued expansion of coal mining in New South Wales. They assume continued growth in the agriculture sector and a huge reduction in electricity prices, he said. And if you'd like to read more on that story today, you can take out a subscription at dailytelegraph.com.au or download the app at the App Store. The state's roadmap out of the pandemic has been slammed as a moving at a snail's pace with businesses and the tourist-starved regions left confused and angry. Travel to regional New South Wales has been pushed back from having 70% of the population double-vaxxed to the 80% threshold, while brides have been left in tears with a cap on wedding numbers to just 50 participants until the 80% vaccination rate is hit. Group bookings for Melbourne Cup lunches and early Christmas parties have been cancelled because of the continuing cap on 20 people per group dining together. Small Business Australia Executive Director Bill Lang slammed the glacial movement to opening up. Our political leaders need to understand that business owners and their staff cannot continue to wait, he said. And we'll be back after this. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winger? (laughs) Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from. A leading epidemiologist has urged the government to send kids back to school at the same time as pubs and shopping centres reopen. A call which has the backing of beleaguered parents worn down by homeschooling who just want kids back in classrooms alongside their friends. Under the current New South Wales roadmap to reopening, pubs and shopping centres will open on October 11 to the fully vaccinated, but schools will remain closed for two weeks before a staggered return starts on October 25. But University of Sydney infectious disease paediatrician Professor Robert Bowie said that was not good enough and urged the state government to reopen schools sooner than October 25. 
I'm keen to see kids back having effective schooling as soon as it's safe. I would like to see them back at school before the 25th of October, he said. In schools where there are very high vaccine uptake rates, like secondary schools, there will be scope for earlier opening, particularly if other protective measures are continued, like good social distancing and mask wearing. And South Sydney has reignited the feud with Penrith only days before the grand final by making a formal complaint to the NRL over the amount of time trainer Hayden Knowles spent on the field during the Panthers' prelim final over Melbourne. The Daily Telegraph understands that the Rabbitohs sent an email to NRL head of football Graham Ainsley on Monday raising their concerns over Knowles' involvement in the game and asking how head office would respond. The Rabbitohs told Ainsley they had raised the issue in the interest of ensuring a well-fought grand final that is played in both the spirit of our game and within its rules. According to South, Knowles entered the field 13 times during Penrith's game against the Storm. Under the NRL rules, trainers are restricted to entering the field of play three times in each half to deliver messages to players when their team has the ball. Outside that, they can only access the field when a try is scored during a video referee decision to facilitate an interchange during a timeout called by the referee and during a dropout. And that's the latest headlines from the Daily Telegraph. For updates and breaking news throughout the day, take out a subscription at dailytelegraph.com.au. We'll have another update for you tomorrow. Are you ready to get an inside look at crime from someone who has investigated some of Australia's worst crimes? It was like Aladdin's cave. The luminol found bloodied footprints and bloodied handprints on a wall. So it's yeah. just like a horror movie. Former homicide detective Gary Jubilant sits down with cops, crims, addicts, victims, small-time cheats and big-town lawyers as they tell their incredible stories. My house got raided. Next thing you know, I got bail refused. Next thing you know, I'm on a truck yeah. to Parkley Prison. Listen to I Catch Killers early and ad-free on Crimax Plus on Apple Podcasts today or wherever you get your podcasts.